This is Beth. And this is Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast, where we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Well, friends, welcome back to our second episode on uh, a series on talking about the Enneagram and parenting. And uh, Beth and I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, yes. just talking with uh, different people about their parenting story and how the Enneagram has played a role in their understanding about how they parent and uh, what that means for them, what it means for their kids, what they're learning about themselves from their kids, which is always uh, super exciting as well. So we have a th- couple of other uh, people, actually a couple of our coaches from our uh, Becoming an Enneagram Coach community here to talk about their parenting styles and how the Enne- their Enneagram type influences them. So uh, Cooks, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how long you've been married, and tell us about uh, your kids. Absolutely. So we are Mark and Stephanie Cook, and we are celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary on August Yay. the 10th. Um, and so, yep, we made it 30, 30 years. years. Awesome. <laughs> um, we have two adult children. I always say that's kind of a little bit of an oxymoron <laughs> because they're always going to yes. be our children, but apparently they believe they're adults <laughs> now. Um, and so we have a 25-year-old son who is an Enneagram mm-hmm. 5, um, and then we have a 23-year-old daughter, and we're still, she she wavers between a 9-wing 1 or a 1-wing uh-huh. 9. Oh, that's so very we're common. Still, yeah. um, she's in college, and lives in a lot of stressful states right now so we're trying to yeah. wait until she kind of settles sure. down a little bit and stephanie <laughs> to, what's your type clarify yeah, what's your remark type so i am a two wing okay. three and then i i'm a one i don't know <laughs> that's all one. A, it, it's okay a, mark stephanie hasn't one. told you yet solid <laughs> He's he's the right okay. one. <laughs> uh, yes, yes exactly oh, that's, yes. and how long have you known about the enneagram so I discovered the Enneagram probably three years ago um, through podcast yeah. listening, um, hearing it on different various podcasts. Probably Annie F. Dow's mm-hmm. podcast was the first one I yeah. really heard it mentioned. But then I just, you know, I took off. I listened to you guys. I listened to Typology. I listened to Suzanne Stabile. Any, anything I can right. get sure. my hands on. I love to listen, read, study, all of those things. So um, once I dug into it, then my family really had no other choice but to also hear right. about it. So that's kind of how <laughs> yes. that went. That is so funny. Yeah. You were just doing it because you're helpful, right? Exactly. exactly. Yes. Now, what I started to say is having had a background in psychology anyway, so that's what all my graduate work is. And so yeah. they were so used to me bringing some assessment home to test them with something. So, you know, that was just kind of very commonplace. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of eye rolling and groaning and moaning. But um, I would I would dare say... I think everybody's on board now. They they yeah. have decided, okay, this really is helpful. This really does work. So Mark, great. I won't put you on the spot, so I'm going to transition that are, whether as to whether or not you're on board or not with the Enneagram. Um, but so you know, we'll, <laughs> Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, I'm, I'm okay, totally okay. on board. That's great. That's great. Thanks, Mark. Uh, so the Lilies, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been married, um, your Enneagram types, and then uh, also tell us about your kids. Uh, my name's Hannah. I am a six wing five, and Jared is a seven wing eight. Um, we've been married for seven years. Um, and let's see, we have three kids a four year old, a two year old, both girls, and then we have 
just shy of two month old uh, wow. little boy. And, and tell us uh, their types. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. No, but but uh, Jared, you just told me some incredible news about Hannah. And Hannah, you did the certification program when? Um, with the the baby at home. She passed the test. Yes. yes. Right uh, after. Yes. She the passed couch. the test right after. That is amazing. Right after having a baby. Yeah. Now that is great. amazing. Now both of you are both certified now. So tell us a little bit about what you hope to do with uh, your certification. Sure. Well, I'm a children's pastor full time, and so the most immediate uh, tool it is for me is working with my volunteers and the parents that I work with. Um, even just mm. in affirming a volunteer, having better language for what speaks to their heart and their motivations has been helpful. Um, but then, um, as I mentioned when we spoke before recording, uh, we hope to, this could be something successful for us enough, successful enough for us from a business standpoint um, that my wife can step back from her full-time job and we can just focus on ministry and co- coaching. Oh, that'd yeah. be so fun. And Stephanie, I want to follow up with the same question. Like since, since you, uh, now that you are a coach, what is it your hope to, to begin to, to work in? So my, my passion, I love to lead group events. So I love to work with, in fact, I, I did a, a professional yeah. development in a school setting this morning, just this morning. So I love to work with teams. Um, one of my very first gigs, if you will, was you were asking Mark if he was on board. And um, he actually <laughs> invited me to his office um, to do a, you know, a freebie. Um, oh, with his good team. job, Mark. So that was really <laughs> cool. I told you I was on board. That is a good <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Way to go. That yeah, so, so I love to do that, team building, but then also, want, um, you know, one-on-one coaching. Um, really even think it would be so much fun to do engaged couples um, because we certainly wish we had had this information yeah. early in our marriage. And so, right. um, yeah, I'm just, I'm open to coaching anyone that's, mm-hmm. that's interested. It's awesome. Well, how how has knowing your Enneagram type helped to really inform how you parent? So this is going to be a little different for the different couples because, you know, uh, Stephanie and Mark, you guys are now empty nesters, but you're still parenting. You know, you, you'll always be a parent. So there, but there's a different dynamic. But then the Lilies, you've got young ones. So how has knowing your type informed you of how you parent and how to grow? Cooks, we'll start with you first. You take that? Yeah, we. Uh, I think I wish I knew. I wish I knew my type years ago. You know, I probably found out my type oh, what, sure. three years ago. And retrospectively, in parenting, it's helped me understand. Obviously, my relationship with both our children, and and like you said, you know, even though our children are twenty five and twenty three, I guess we are still parenting technically. But it does help me uh, interact and relate to them, knowing, especially on our side, what our children's types are. But it's a great tool, and I can see now why I interacted with our kids the way I did, honestly. It makes much more mm-hmm. sense to me now. I mean, Stephanie, as you think back, what were what was something great about Mark's parenting that was a gift to the kids? Well, obviously, if we set boundaries and rules, he stuck to them. And so um, with yeah. me, yeah, with me being a two, I did not always. And so um, we really, you know, our listeners can't see, but we define our marriages like this is Mark. He's a straight line. And I'm like this. I'm just all over it all the time. And so I think yeah. it gave us a really good balance um, that, you know, the, the kids knew what the boundaries were. They knew dad was going to enforce them. If he said it, he meant business. Um, and then sometimes mom, maybe not so much. And so, um, so yeah, I think that was a big part of it. And, you know, I think for me, looking back, I can see so many times when I should have set boundaries 
um, as far as getting involved in some of the situations about children, social situations typically that they were going through, whether it be friendships or dating, you know, and, and um, you know, I'll just share with you guys raising young children. There's a lot of drama sometimes with adolescents and their friends and their dating life and, you know, as a two, sometimes I thought, well, I, I can figure this out. I can help you through all of this where the right approach might have been let them figure it out. You know, they, they could have taken care of yes. that. So that's something that I saw myself do a lot. And then he would say, you're too involved. You're too involved. And so yeah. just kind of follow up on my rigidity of being a one on the rule following and things have to be right or wrong. She would say all the time in a parenting situation, do you really want to die on that hill? And I'm going, yes, <laughs> I want to die on every hill. Every hill is worth dying for, right? And and but I, luckily, she talked me off the ledge several times, and and did maybe uh, expand the boundaries when they it was appropriate to do so. Yeah, yeah, that is so awesome. I mean, it perfectly illustrates the dynamic and the insights of the enneagram. Not only is it does our type play a role in how we relate to our kids, but it relates to how we relate to one uh, our spouse mm-hmm. in relation to our kid and to a, a situation that we may be addressing. I mean, that is just such a great insight into the power that the Enneagram has to be able to bring insight and understanding. Yeah, and, and like the sense of balance. And so Lily's being the six with a five wing and a seven with an eight wing, again, balance. So tell us what it's been like to learn about the Enneagram and kind of reflect on your own parenting. Um, if you if you see Beth starting to tick or <laughs> cry it's because her parents were six and seven and so she knows or the laugh. dynamic <laughs> yeah or laugh yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, one of the earliest things it did for me um being a seven oftentimes there's this extroverted party you know whatever uh, type of expectation and i'd find myself yeah. at home i felt like an introvert and i never really had language or reasoning to to really reconcile those two things like why am i this out there person when i'm out and around people but when i get home um, and so learning about the Enneagram, learning, learning about my blind spot path, but then also my growth mm-hmm. path um, has helped me at home yes. uh, to say, okay, there is a not as healthy version of that, but it can also be a way for me to, to illustrate real genuine solitude and, and growth. Um, but then also it's helped me when I listen for childhood messages my kids might be receiving. Um, I know I'm not going to help them avoid one, uh, but I certainly want to speak to those things. Um, and so when I hear remnants of them, um, I try to, I try to address them very quickly now. That's great. You know, Jared, hearing that in relation to what Mark said earlier of wanting to know the Enneagram earlier to understand those natural events. I mean, what an insight that you have as a young father to, to, uh, to begin to see how different your kids are than yourself yeah. and to honor the difference and to be able to adjust your parenting accordingly. Cause Although it's fantastic, clearly, to have a type 7 dad. I mean, everyone <laughs> would love a 7 dad. Um, but sometimes they need not just a 7 dad. Um, no, but I think, actually, I really love that you spoke to that, Jared, because being the daughter of a 7, there is this per- like kind of confusion or perplexity when you see oh, your dad so yeah. out with other people or in the workplace being exuberant and fun yes, and lighthearted. Yes. And then at home, it was he would come home from work and he would want a snack and read the paper and watch the news. This is, of course, back in the 80s, you know, so like there was no recording. So it's like, let your dad watch the news, you know. Now, 
I didn't I mean it was fine because that's just what you do you know, as a kid that's what you do dad needs his space but now having the language of the Enneagram it's like oh that makes so much sense he gave so much of himself to his patients in a fun joyful uh, bountiful way that he needed a place to recharge. Um, And so there's, like you said, there's, there's a point where that could be misaligned where it goes too far. And then there's a place of where, no, he does need to recharge so he can enter back into the family dynamics with some fun and excitement, but maybe not at the same level that he does, you know, outside the home. And so for the family to understand that, because I think a lot of sevens, the family is very perplexed, you know, like, wait, this is a different person in different situations. No, they're the same person. They just have different needs. So thank you for bringing that up because I think that's I've really important. I've never thought of it that way, Bethy. That, I mean, we've been married. How long have we been married? 26? Yeah. Yeah, 26. You haven't thought about I, what? That dynamic of your dad being a seven. Yeah. Like when he got home, he, he turned his seven off. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then, but what I love is that my dad really took time in the mornings. He would go into the office. If you guys could just listen yeah. to our marriage <laughs> moment here, that'd be great. <laughs> Give us a moment as we process here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but... But my dad, what was so great is that when he became a believer in his 40s, he, you know, he even would say before that he was just fixated on building his business and just going, going, going. And he learned how to slow down. Now, he didn't have obviously the language of the Enneagram back then, but what he knew, what he found out was when he would go to the office in the morning and spend an hour in quiet time with the Lord, it really set the tone for his day. And, yeah. and so I just love that even though he didn't have the, the knowledge of the Enneagram, just the working out of what we do know is yes. really true. But now again, like I said, he could come home and if he really just withdrew and didn't, and didn't recharge and come back to the family, it would feel a little off for us or like, well, what, what about yeah. us? But that's, I mean, you know, so there's times that we're, we're like that, but all in all, he really was engaged. Well, you know, Hannah, I'd love to hear from you as a fellow six <laughs> being part of the perfect parent club <laughs> that sixes are. Um, I mean, everybody wishes they had a six parent, but tell us about what it's been like for you knowing your Enneagram type and what that's meant for your parenting. We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90-minute sessions, and there's eight of them. Plus, you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Well, I think it's really helped me to 
to kind of stop and realize when I am as a six going down that worst case scenario path. Um, as you mean the realistic path? Yeah, yeah I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's helped me realize when when I'm heading in that direction and kind of to step back. And um, even though it does seem extremely realistic to me when I'm thinking it up, um, yes. to maybe find more of a balance. Um, and try not to be so worried about um, mm-hmm. what my kids are doing. You know, it is interesting to think about it. I mean, sixes and sevens, and some of use the same strategy of there There are options for the future. One of you is thinking positively and one of you thinking pessimistically, but you're both thinking about the future. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is uh, it's awesome. The other side, we, we bring a certain gift to our kids according to our type and we also bring a little bit uh in regards to our weaknesses and you've alluded to them as you've described how the enneagram has impacted your parenting but uh let's take it a step further you know uh dan one of my favorite books that i mentioned in the previous episode on parenting is by dan allender called how children raise parents and it's how children serve this role in a parent's life to help them reflect upon who all God is for them. So they're, they're just little mirrors that reflect back to us opportunities for growing in our relationship with Jesus, right? Um, and parenting your kids and knowing your type, what is it that you learned about yourself through your parenting as they reflected back to you both the great things about your parenting but also the weaknesses? Cooks, we'll start with you again. Um, definitely one of the biggest um, benefits for us as a family has been the dynamic between me as a two and my son as a five. So as the helper and the independent, it was just a constant battle. And so everything that he would push off, I would take as personal. So, you know, I, and I remember distinctly him coming home from college and, you know, as his two mom, I had this, you know, Gene Cleaver idea in my head. We were going to, I was going to cook his dinner and do his laundry. And, you know, we were going to have all these bonding moments and he would come home and be like, I have a washing machine at school, mom, and I'm eating with my friends and I would just be crushed, you know, or Mm. even with him having that energy supply that gets depleted so quickly, we would have family events. It's Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, my birthday, whatever it was, and he would stay an hour and then he was just gone. And so it would hurt my feelings so badly. And so now understanding the Enneagram on both more clearly, he asks for those like, okay, mom, what are you expecting? Like, what do you want this to look like? And so um, mm-hmm. that has made such a big difference in that relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge difference mm-hmm. for us. And so um, really wish I had had that at when he was 15, 16, 17, but I'm grateful to have it at 25 um, because it, yeah, it really has, exactly. it, it has, has helped me. But the flip side of that is he also helps me. I, I will never forget one um, moment of conflict when he said to me, mom, I'm not responsible for your feelings. And that was so Ugh. hurtful <laughs> and yet so <laughs> profound, right? For, sure. a, for your yes. child to wow. look at you and say, and I was a mess and you know, it, it was, it was just not a pretty scene. And I know Mark remembers exactly <laughs> when it was. Um, I was just, I was a yeah. mess, but that has played over in my head so many times. Like he's exactly right. Nor is anyone else <laughs> responsible for my feelings. Yeah. So profound. Man, I mean, that me. would just be a, a principle or thought that would, um, 
uh, speak so much volumes in, in a book of how we try to meet our Enneagram types needs through our children. Mm-hmm. And because every one of us do it, and it is, it's an unhealthy burden that we put upon our kids to come through for us. So as a type six, my, my children are never going to be able to come through for me to answer my concerns about their future. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be comfortable with it. And to put that on them, that somehow they live according to my rules and my patterns of thought, that's going to be too much of a weight for them to bear. And uh, I, I think for many of us with young adult teenagers, We've had those conversations. My son even said to me, I remember when he was going to college, hey, Dad, I, I've never wanted to say this to you, but when you give me worst-case scenario, it kills my heart. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I didn't want him to ever say that to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet it changed our relationship. Well, uh, yeah, and our kids, yeah. for me, there was a day that I was, because we work from home, I was upstairs writing our first book, and I came down, this is during the summer, and they were probably 18, 19, and so the summertime, so they're watching TV in the living room, and I walked downstairs in the kitchen, it was kind of a mess, and I'm thinking, I'm working really hard upstairs, hey guys, can you clean up the kitchen? Oh yeah, sure, sure, so I go up for like five hours, I come back down, and guess what? Nothing's been touched, right? They're still in front of the TV. And that for me as a nine, I just felt so overlooked and not heard and I felt crushed, but in the nine way. And they just owned it. They said, hey, mom, we're teenagers. We totally messed up. We, we should have listened to you, but we know that you think that we think your voice doesn't matter or that you don't matter. And that's how it landed on you. But that is not at all how we see you. And that was an aha moment for me because it's exactly what I felt like, see, they don't love me because if they loved me, they would have listened and they would have done what I said. And that what they were saying is, no, we do love you. We're just dumb teenagers that didn't obey and we're sorry. And that was just really an aha moment. So I think for young parents to realize that sometimes our kids will do things but they're and we think they're saying a specific message to us, but it's probably not true. That's the message, the false message that's in our own head. Okay, so Lily's, let's uh, let's hear from you. Well, I'll say this: um, as a parent of a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby, we are so in tune with our stress path. Uh, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> that is so true. I'm sure. Um, yes. Particularly as a seven, um, knowing that in stress, I go towards the one. Um, I know, as a, in my weakness, I noticed that not too long ago, we were trying to get our four-year-old to clean her room, um, and that is a that is a task um and the worse it got the more of a the more perfection i wanted in her cleaning her room it wasn't okay just to put the pillow on the bed anymore now the pillow has to be at a perfect 90 degree uh you know it has to be exactly parallel to her bed frame because i'm getting mad and i'm I'm getting angrier and i don't want to sit in that stress or that pain and so i'm i'm getting angry about how long it's it's taking and so i had to kind of step back and go okay i need to I just need to remove myself from this for, for, for a minute. Yes. That's right. Um, yes. uh, now, Hannah, were you standing by watching this happen? Like to almost like a wrestler ready to tag in like, Hey, Jared, I'm going to ask you to step aside. I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> um, no, we, uh, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> where were you? I needed you. <laughs> I mean, the room is, is the, so the least favorite chore. So I was, I was letting him handle that. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but I have realized other areas, um, like our four-year-old has 
uh, recently, well, I guess it was a couple months ago, she had started lying. Um, so we really want to nip that in the bud. But he was at, at work and I was uh, with the kids and she she would lie and I would talk about it with her a little bit and it, it got to like the third time that day and I was just like I'm I don't even want to address it anymore because obviously I don't have the skill set or the words or the the right mm. thing to say to her that's landing that's gonna hit home like I didn't trust that I was able to give her the correct information and the correct tone um so I was thinking about this earlier you I guess maybe a combination of not trusting myself to be able to deliver the message correctly to her and then also moving mm-hmm. um, that uh, nine blind spot of just, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to step back and, um, and trust him to deal with it when he gets home. And I came yes. home and said, yes. Revelations 21, eight says Lyra takes their place in like a fire. So <gasps> you're no. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny when you, that was funny when you said that, um, Hannah, because I could, I'm like, Oh, that's why my mom, my mom would always send my brother and I to our room and, and she would say, just wait till your father gets home. And it's like, Oh, she didn't know what to do. That was, that's all she felt like she could trust. There, that makes so much more sense. There have been times, not there, there often I will answer the phone not to a hello or a you need to talk to your daughter, just to the ch- child already crying. Like she hits send, <laughs> hands the daughter the phone, and I get hello, yeah. and it's just tears. <laughs> and, <you know. laughs> That's awesome. Oh, well, it's just, it's, it's enlightening to hear how we all parent differently and how God has given us these precious children to us. He didn't make a mistake. You know, we are our types for a reason to give, you know, to these children and then the children to us to learn, to grow. Um, and it, it, it's a, fu- it's a hard process. It's a good process. It, lots of wounds along the way, but it's, it's with his providence and his care. Um, well, I, and I'll add to that, Bethy, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think one of the things that uh, by talking together, through the lens of the Enneagram, it really does help us to minimize shame. Uh, you know, whenever you're parenting day-to-day life and you're having these experiences with the family and you're thinking like, oh, man, I am just, you know, and unless maybe you're a three or eight and think that you're killing it all the time and <laughs> like you're just the best parent ever, you know, for for most of us, it's, it's really hard. Like you remember the mistakes and I had a one friend who used to say, like, every time you make a parenting mistake, just put a $20 bill in the counseling jar, <laughs> and uh, that, that's their counseling saving that, when they I think that was up. back in the 90s, so I think you need to up that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, counseling's not that cheap anymore. <laughs> but it, it does feel it's normalizing to realize that each Enneagram type is going to have very similar patterns that where they get tripped up with their kids, and then there are going to be uh, some great strengths that we bring to our parenting from our Enneagram type. Yeah, so like I would just love to hear how your kids have brought out in you the positive, the good, the healthy sides. So like Mark, the the type one moving towards the fun, the seven. When have you seen your kids really draw that out in you? <laughs> yeah, maybe when we go to Harry Potter World. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and usually <laughs> uh, type right. one. Yeah, yeah. Usually type uh, one say vacation is when yeah. it happens. Yes, and that's a good point because I Steph will say this too. It's it's hard. I one as a one, I I have a hard time relaxing, and I only have a couple of times during a 
during a week or a period of time where I, I have that comfort level where I can let my guard down and have fun and, and kind of go to that extrovert because I'm such an introvert. But there's a couple of places, and vacation's one, and camping has been one. Right? There's a gym I work out at, and I just have this comfort level where I, I really can come out of a one and go to a seven place and, and really engage with other people working out in our group. So it, there's there's very few places where I have I, I come out of my one. But that's that and vacation are, are probably the yeah. two biggest areas. And Stephanie, how have your kids drawn you out and in going more into the self-care and the self-awareness of the type four? Yeah, so my daughter is great at, um, you know, really reminding me, like, you deserve that mom, or, you know, we'll take care of that mom. And so, um, she, you know, she's um, around a little more because she's a little bit younger, and our son is kind of, you know, doing his own thing, has his own place, his own job, all that. So um, she, she does a really good job. Or, or even when I get into, um, you know, self-defeating or, or that negative talk or the feeling sorry for myself, she'll remind me, you know, okay, what's yeah. going on with you or um I love when, and you can relate to this, Beth, even like you shared with the nine, you know, they know, like, for example, if I come home and they've been home all day and, and there's dishes everywhere and, you know, now instead of my head blowing off of my body, <laughs> you know, I can have a calm conversation and my daughter will say, I just cried us, we get it, we get it. Um, kind of like what you were saying, like, this, this is not a personal thing, I guess, mom, we get it. We'll put the yeah. dishes in the dishwasher and so recognizing those times and, and recognizing your own propensity to just make mountains out of molehills sometimes when you feel as if you're being yes. taken advantage of or they don't love you because they don't love right. you the way that you love them or in the, you know in that same ma- manner yeah, or that's fashion. A, that's so. a good word from a two. Thank you. Okay, Lilies, you're up. So how have your kids, let's say uh, Jared, how have they brought you into more of that... <coughs> healthy five space of recharging. Yeah. So my kids, particularly my four-year-old right now, which she has the most to say at the moment, given the ages of our kids, uh, but she asks <laughs> um, a million questions. And so as a five, if she asks a question, I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to know. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's been really fun to explore that kind of data knowledge and take so as she's wanting to know more questions about space or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, that has been, but then also, uh, she's had started recently asking for specifically McKenna, her name and daddy time. And I'm like, that, that's my jam. You know, let's do it. You know, let's get away from everybody and just do something else and withdraw for a bit. Um, and so that's been really fun because when she asked for that, that you know, and I can really tell yeah, kind of where I'm at in my alignment. Um, even as we were, uh, talking and listening to the cook share, I was thinking, man, I can really see where my alignment is at based on how I respond to those questions or those requests for time with us. Um, because when I'm doing well, I engage with them um, because the things she's doing lines up with my growth. Um, right. Yeah. Um, Hannah, what about you moving towards the nine kind of slowing down, kind of being at rest? Yeah, it, um, it, it usually takes me being mentally aware that I'm, that I'm doing it, that I need to step back, um, put down whatever I'm doing. But when I do go and just go play dolls or play with the stuffed animals or whatever, whatever they're asking to do and um, intentionally take that step back, once I start getting into their world and start playing with them, it does. The other things kind of fade away the importance that I'm able to just be more present in that moment um, mm. and not worry about the other things so much. 
I love that. Yeah, that's that's great. so great. Well, guys, thank you so much for just sharing your experiences. One being parents, you know, of older kids, and then now parents of literally newborns. Um, and then you're just your journey path in learning about the Enneagram and, and incorporating it into your everyday life, especially your parenting. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for joining us. This has been remarkable episodes. And I think illustrative of the reality that there will never be a day that we don't need Jesus, mm-hmm. um, uh, whether no matter where we're at in our own parenting journeys. And so our, our children are a gift, a reminder of God's grace and love to us. And uh, whenever we learn to step into the rhythm of grace, we come to find one another and able to connect with one another uh, in more honest and beneficial ways. So thank you so much for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it. And remember this, that the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder. And it's only in the gospel that uh, we find transformation. Transformation.